Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. I'm your host, Charity, and this is a community of women who want to be warriors for Jesus Christ. We are kicking off the desire to be comfortable and embracing a wholehearted abandonment to Him alone. Not through legalism, not through works, but through His grace and mercy. We're going to overcome the lies of this culture and replace them with the eternal truth of God's Word. So. Whether you're a student, a stay-at-home mom, a grandma, an entrepreneur, whether you're new to the walk of Christianity, or a veteran spiritual warrior, you are welcome here. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. This is an exciting thing for me today because we are talking about purpose over pleasure. This is not only culturally relevant in the American church today, and if you're not listening from America, it may be relevant in, in the country you're in. I don't I don't know. I can only speak to what's relevant in our country. But this is also very relevant to anyone's personal relationship with the Lord and how they see the Bible through the lens of culture they're in. So if you have been taught your whole life, do whatever makes you happy. Whatever makes you happy. What makes you happy? Do what you love. Only do this. Don't do that. There is a half truth that is a whole lie there. Because if you've actually read the whole gospel and the entire Bible from beginning to end, and you've studied his word in any depth, there's a lot of things in the Bible that I don't really like. I don't like controlling my temper. I don't always enjoy being disciplined and getting up and taking care of my family when I would rather sleep in. I don't always like saving money when I want to go spend it on some new furniture. Because guys, I would really like a new couch. I don't enjoy discipline. But my purpose, even in those smaller areas of my walk with the Lord, is to serve Him well. Do I think you need to live like a pauper in order to be serving God well? No, let's get that out of the way. Do I think you get to be a famous bagillionaire profiting off of the church And that is our gauge of success in ministry. Also, a hard no on that. Do I think rich people are all going to hell? No, this is that is the weirdest. So people have this strange thing they do in our culture. If you see a lie and you point it out, they tend to either exaggerate what you said or juxtapose it against something kind of wackadoo. And they're like, oh, well, you must be saying this then. So so today I want you to open your heart and get into the word. Seek God on this. Get into his word. You guys should be getting into his word other than, than just this podcast, if at all possible. And I really do understand there are a handful of people that are doing their best to get in God's word, but whew, You've got a lot going on. But I want you to understand that I'm not here to be right. I'm here to point to Jesus and his word and his presence in your personal relationship with him. Always go back to Jesus. Always go back to the word. Always pray and intercede and test the spirit and just say, God, ooh, something she said today didn't feel good. Is that you? Is that me wrestling with this truth? Show me the truth. And if you ever have issue, explain why and let's talk about it. I have people in my life that, you know, it's weird, but they don't always agree with me. I mean, right? (sighs) I'm working on it, but they don't always, they're not puppets and they will give a vantage point that is different than mine. 
And sometimes it's based on history. Sometimes it's based on something I don't know. But other times I'm actually more knowledgeable than, than, than they are. And they're basing it on a limited understanding of something. It goes both ways. You need to be open to be wrong. And I'm open to be wrong. But I feel like I'm right on this one because it's all throughout scripture. And there's so much to it. But we're going to narrow it down and land the plane today. So I want you to jump in with me and we're going to fly through some scripture. I will enunciate. If, I, if you feel I'm talking too fast, just slow down the speed of your podcast to one and a half, and we will get through this together. Here we go. So starting in Psalm 139, 13 through six, it says, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. God has put each of us on this earth for a purpose, for a time in history. We are not here for no reason, and we are not here to serve ourselves. Does that mean we can't be happy? No. Does that mean that happiness should be our gauge of success on this earth. Also a hard no. We don't serve happiness. We don't serve our emotions. It doesn't say happiness is a fruit of the spirit. It says joy is. Think about the difference there. There is a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness can be very selfish and very self-serving. Joy comes from within your soul. Joy is a spiritual attribute. Joy means no matter what's going on, I have hope. I am buoyant. My soul is buoyant. And I still go throughout the day with that buoyancy and joy of the Lord. Let's keep going here. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're created a new person in Jesus Christ, and we're created for good works. The Bible says that good works do not mean that you are earning your way to heaven, but you cannot help but do good works if you're serving Jesus. And those good works don't just serve you or your family. They serve your community. They serve the body of Christ. And again, I'm not saying you have to wallow in sad things and have this odd religiosity about service, but to not want to do good works, whatever that looks like, is it's impossible if you're tapped into the Lord. We are created for purpose beyond making a living. We are created for purpose beyond the drudgery of cleaning house. We are made for a purpose. And yet sometimes the purpose God has us in, if we don't see the eternal value of it, it can feel like a drudgery and it can feel like we want to choose our own adventure, so to speak. We want to change what God has in front of us if we don't see the bigger eternal value of it. So my prayer just as a side, is that today we see our larger purpose, not only in the body of Christ, but for serving the Lord at this time in history, right now where you are. See, we're meant to change the world around us. It doesn't mean we're meant to be on a stage. It doesn't mean we're meant to be famous. It doesn't mean we're meant for those things per se. I'm not, hey, if there's someone listening and that is where God has you, praise the Lord. Just surround yourself though with some strong Christians to get you through what is inevitably coming your way. And, and that and that back and forth struggle for pride, ego, you can love the Lord and have a lot of money and be known by people. It just gets harder and harder and harder. And you have to surround yourself with people who love Jesus more than they love your paycheck. 
All of that to say, we are created for a purpose. And through Christ Jesus, part of that purpose is what we put our hands to. It doesn't necessarily mean the job we earn money at. It just means what we're wired to do. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has always wanted to give us hope. Matthew 28, 16 through 20 says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am always with you to the end of the age. This is our corporate purpose. If, if you doubt the individual purpose you have in your life, you know, to, to be a painter, to be a teacher, to be a doctor, to go on missions, to be a youth pastor, whatever that individual call is on your life, if you really are struggling with that, start with the corporate purpose. Our corporate purpose of, as the church does not go away just because we learn or are walking out our individual purpose. This is an overshadowing purpose that applies to every single Christian, no matter if you're a ditch digger, uh, construction worker, janitor, teacher, President of the United States, your corporate purpose is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So we have to understand that even if we're in a job we're not crazy about right now, this is your purpose. You may be home and going, oh, what am I doing here? I'm not discipling nations. Hello, your children are nations. You're discipling them, loving them, showing them what the Father looks like by how you treat them engaging with them, singing to them, drawing with them, cleaning the house and showing them good stewardship of what you own, mending their clothes, washing their clothes. I know it's not a glamorous job, but put that away. The glamour and lies of our society, that me, 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 selfish pride, opulence, just, just, it, it's not, it's not good enough to be rich. You have to be mega rich. It's not good enough to be financially secure and responsible with your money. You have to be able to spend all the money you ever wanted today so that you can match and look like somebody who makes probably way too much money in my opinion. But the point is this, your corporate purpose is the same no matter what job you're doing. Don't deny yourself the joy of walking in Christ's and the disciples' feet because it doesn't come with the title you want. Proverbs 19.21. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Proverbs 16.9. The heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. Look, we can plan whatever we want, but if we are truly humbled and open-handed with God, we don't say, well, I'll do this if, well, I'll do this, but, well, I like this, eh. I'll serve you if, if we're open-handed and say, your will, not mine. God, what do you want? First of all, he will not disappoint you. His dreams are bigger for you than your own. But it may be that your route that you wanted to take leads to despair and failure. But his route, which might take a lot longer to take, leads to joy, confidence, humility, service. And in an eternal value will lead more people to come to the Lord than if you did it your way, even if the idea is to arrive at the same location. And by the way, the Lord resists the proud. If you don't keep checking in with him, I'm here to tell you, he will resist you. 
If you think you've got all your poop in a group and you're the best thing since sliced bread and you can do this better than A, B, C, D, E, F, G, he will start to resist you. That's not always the devil. Trust me. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. See, everything we put our hands to needs to be for the glory of God. And that can feel like a burden because sometimes when you're cooking dinner and you don't want to, it's not fun, but do it to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 2.9, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of a man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. We can't even begin to imagine what God has prepared for us. Does that apply to heaven? Sure. But I believe if you're really serving the Lord, it also applies to the earth. I'm not a name it, claim it gal. I, I just, that just is, is an uh, oversimplification of what I feel is true in the scripture because I don't agree with the manipulation of scripture to be self-serving. I don't see that anywhere. And see, the Bible isn't about you. It's not about you at all. It's about this, this love story of the Lord and how no matter how rebellious and punkish and mean his people are, kind of flipping him the bird and walking away quite a few times, mind you, he loved them. He loved them. He loved them. He loved them. And he honored his promises, whether you liked them or not. And he was consistent with his boundaries. His boundaries don't shift. I love how churches are like, well, I don't think God actually meant that in 2022. What I read that is, no, no, no. What did the author mean? And what did the Holy Spirit mean? That's the only thing you need to worry about when you read the Bible. What did God mean when he used a human to write this? If you're not asking yourself that question, be careful. That's how we need to read the Bible. But we don't understand the plans God has for us. He is planning such great things for us. And we need to trust him we need to trust that he is a good father. We need to trust his decisions over ours. 1 Corinthians 9.24, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may attain the prize. We are meant to run well. We're not meant to sit on the sidelines eating popcorn and watch everybody else run. We are meant to run to win. We are meant to be intentionally setting ourselves up to be mediocre. That is a huge theme in the pleasure movement in the church. Be mediocre. Be lazy. You don't like your boss? Quit. You're not enjoying life? Do something else. God would want you to be happy. I'm here to tell you, sometimes God hasn't necessarily been that concerned about my happiness. He's concerned about my eternal destination, my discipline, and me learning the principles of his word far more than he's concerned about how happy the toddler is today. Cue the birds. Guys, they're back. Okay, John 15, 4 through 5, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Listen, if you're not tapped into Jesus, you can't do anything for the kingdom. And that's the eternal value of the word. Will God provide an outlet, connections, resources for you to do what he has called you to do? Yes. But sometimes that looks like a job. And then you do the other thing on the side. Hello, tent maker, Paul. Sometimes it doesn't. But we don't all have to be tapped into that one thing all the time to glean joy from it. It's okay to do a podcast when you can because it beckons you and fills you with joy and you get excited and you feel like you're full of purpose and you get zero money from it. I'm just saying this not to be pitiful, but because, hello, who cares? God will bless it. 
And if it's going to reach people for eternity, be humbled, hit your knees and say, thank you, God, for using me as a conduit of your word, of who you are. And how exciting is it that he trusts you with his word? He trusts you to be humble, be accountable, have people ask you questions if needed. We need to check our ego at the door and be grateful that the God of the universe wants to use us. And he clearly does, but we have to be tapped in to him. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. We cannot produce fruit apart from him. Last scripture today, Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. You guys, when we go through life, it is so easy for us to be distracted, literally with our phones and media, but also with dreams and ambitions. I've heard so many podcasts and books over the years that have left me hollowed out because their message is one of self-serving, do what you want, do what makes you happy. And sometimes those people's actual lives are a hot mess anyway, so they don't, they don't need anything, but it's so new age. It's so self-serving. Again, do I think God has put gifts and talents in your life that you are to use on this earth that bring you joy? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But if you are trying to build this like little kingdom around you as queen, and it is your platform, your thing, da 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 you just got to take a step back and ask if, the, if God is even in that. He might be, but I find that when God's in it, he builds the platform for you. And I'm not saying you can't be an entrepreneur. I am. I can't say you can't be someone who works freelance. I am. I'm not going to say that you can't have a great resume full of amazing things and be proud of that. I am. I'm just saying if God says, knock it off, I've got something else for you, do it. Always ask God to be invited into your plans. And if you don't feel like he's talking to you directly, surround yourself with people who are rooted in the Lord, who love you enough to intervene and give you what they feel you're supposed to know if they see that you're going in the wrong direction. Or maybe they'll give you godly, God-centered, Christ-centered, not self-centered advice on how to build your business. Or maybe they're going to call you out in a good way and say, I see these talents God has given you, but I don't think they're being applied fully because you're struggling so hard to build this thing, you aren't actually using your talents at all. And when you don't use your talents, it starts to make you feel strange. You, you feel depressed. You struggle with feeling yourself. It's hard to find a community. But God wants you to use your gifts and talents for the kingdom. I'm just saying you, you may not know yet how to apply them. But your purpose in the meantime is to do your, see, we have a three-dimensional purpose, not a one-dimensional single goal. I have this talent. I'm going to do this talent for Jesus. I'm going to slap his name on it and we're going to do it for him. There's so much more to what God has called you to do on this earth than what you're good at. And you guys, I'm really, I'm good at numbers and accounting. I, it's not my thing. But the thing that is my thing has been tampered for a while. And I'm just having faith that God is going to not forget me. He's helped me serve others in the meantime with my talent while keeping my talent kind of literally nowhere <laughs> on a shelf at best. And that's okay because I've learned to serve. I've learned to be humble. I've learned to be grateful. And I've learned what it's like for people to be grateful for my talent in a way that honestly I would not have sought out if I had a, a more going on. And as much as I love what I do, I love people more. And as much as I love what I do, I love, I love discipling more. And if I can't use my talents to disciple, I am no longer interested where that wasn't the case 15 years ago. 
I don't have the time on this earth to waste using my talent for a message I don't believe in or that is so cliche or that's just self-centered. I don't care. I want to use my talents for the kingdom. So maybe God's just asking you to shift your focus from self to kingdom. But no matter what it is, you have a purpose. And for some of you, it is to be in the middle of an ungodly community of people at work, whatever that work is, and stand strong in love. So don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking ministry. I'm talking purpose. And your purpose may be ministry. But when we seek self and we think that we are missing God because we, quote, aren't happy, we're deceived. We're deceived. So I want to encourage you today that no matter what you put your hands to, whether it is working at Walmart, whether it is working at a school, you know, as as just secretary, whether it is a stay-at-home mom, whether it is a scriptwriter in Hollywood, I don't know what your thing is. But you need to ask God to show you the eternal impact you are to be making day by day by day by day in that position. You are the Daniel of whatever your quote kingdom is. It may be your home. It may be a school. It may be a hospital. It may be a room. It may be a janitor's office. I don't know. I don't care because I'm proud to be with sisters and brothers in the Lord that think of eternity with everything they put their hand to. When I'm cleaning a toilet, I don't like it. But you know what? I'm serving my family and that has eternal value. Stand strong that you are loved of God. And if you actually feel like you are nowhere near the purpose you think he has for you, do not overreact and quit your job, but seek the Lord and ask him to show you at work. Maybe you hate your job. Say, God, reveal to me at work things that you're having me do so that I go to work with purpose and excitement. Shift your focus to eternity. We need it, all of us. And when you shift to eternity, sometimes that the most mundane thing becomes joyful because there's purpose to it. And God will advance you. God will move you forward. But be patient. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And it is one I often do not choose to partake in. And I'm getting way better at it. Because guys, we're already living in eternity. We happen to be here right now. But what is it God created you for eternity? And if you don't know, don't be discouraged. Do your corporate purpose. Show Jesus wherever you go. Just be praying that God give you revelation. Even if it's little piece by little piece, day by day, of what he created you to do on this earth right now. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for giving all of us purpose and love and joy. This is a conversation, Lord, that could go on and on and on and on. But I feel like you just want us to simmer and sit and pray and love you today. So give us patience with ourselves and with each other as we love you, love you, love you, love you. We hold our hands open and just say, thank you, Lord, for all you do. Show us day by day. And even if we make our own plans, which I know you don't object to, we still hold those plans lightly. And we say thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a fabulous week. Easter's coming. Next time we're talking about the body of Christ. It's a good message. It's rooted in the word. And we we just want to talk about, you know, I get some people are church hurt. I get some people are, they just can't be themselves at their church. I get all of it. We're going to talk about it, but we're going to go to the word. What does the word say? We are the body. We are not meant to be separated into individual body parts, nor are we meant to be severed from the body and think that we can actually fulfill our purpose on earth. It's not how it works. It's hard, but it's worth it. 
as it boils down to relationship, being a part of the bride of Christ, and really, truly, truly walking out what he commanded us to do. All right, guys, till next time.